Georgia gets a huge win on the road in Starkville, 45 to 19 against the Bulldogs from the Western Conference and in the process become SEC East Kings yet again. But the season doesn't stop here as Kentucky, Georgia Tech and LSU stand in our way from the ultimate prize. As always, I'm Cheeto and with me is my co-host Keegan and welcome back to another episode of Dogs Off the Leash. Look at that. Just like that, Keegan, you got me all hyped. Just as hyped as I was after this uh, Mississippi State game. Uh, I love it. Great game. We sh- we struggled a little bit in the first half, and we'll talk about the turnovers and all of that, but ended up running away with the game. Give me your first impressions of this game. Again, 45-19 to 19 dogs. Really showed out. Really, really showed out. Buddy, we clinched the East. It wasn't always pretty. But the score was pretty nice in the end, and dude, it's it's all about taking the next step in our goals, and we did that. How do you feel, bro? I was there. It was a it was a good it was a great game, especially offensively. I've been waiting on one of those games, like a forty plus, holding an uh, explosive offense, which we're going to need more and more practice holding them to their average or below. I thought it was a really good performance altogether. I still get irked about some of these turnovers. I, I think that's right now the way the University of Georgia is playing offensively and defensively, we are top six in all the offensive and defensively in like all the major categories. Like that's, that's championship recipe, but we keep turning the ball over. And sometimes Stetson is to blame. Sometimes players just make plays and we'll talk about that. But I feel like that's the only thing that's going to hurt Georgia right now is Georgia. And it, I have a little bit of concern, but, the way we're playing right now, I'm not sure if it matters, but as the season goes on, SEC championship and beyond, we've got to clean some of these things up. I don't know if I want to take like a predestination route about this, but sometimes it just feels like it's meant to be for Georgia. Like they have such a high level of, you know, just complimentary football overall that they just seem to get lucky a little bit more. And, you know, there's that saying, fools have no luck. And I think Georgia's just managed to tee that line where even when, you know, I know team's perfect, but even when they're they're kind of, you know, looking vulnerable or having mistakes or doing some things that are definitely questionable and are kind of red flags and not the ones with the G on them. It's it's one of those things, <laughs> right. one of those things where it's like, but we we still find a way to kind of dominate. And I'm not saying that, the thing is, and I'm here and where I do raise the concern is I think when the level of play elevates, you always kind of want to nip those things in the bud. Right. Because it could be in a close game with like not a lot of margin for error that one of these mistakes come back to bite them in the butt. So we want to clean up those things and, ho- you know, I know Kirby and, and, and fam are good about that, but it, it just seems like for Georgia, we're, we're our program and maybe it's just the, I don't know if it's what do you what would you attribute that to I mean is it just coaching is it luck is it level of talent what do you think sometimes 
to to your point, I think sometimes when you are as good as Georgia is, you sometimes tend to overlook some of the little things. And I don't think that's because we know Kirby preaches these things, fundamentals all the time. But this team is young. And that is good for our future. Like if Georgia makes a run this playoff and we get far or God forbid we win again, next year we are going to be so much better. But with that youth positive in a future sense, right now we're having some some mistakes from our young players. As of late, it's been a lot of Dejon Edwards just putting the ball on the ground. It hasn't cost us yet, but we also have some veterans making mistakes. And I know that you really wanted to talk about Stetson and kind of his – his outlook from a fan perspective, from a national perspective uh, at UGA. But sometimes Stetson is just careless with the ball at times. And I think it's because he, he's just the, he's the vet. He knows how good we are. It's not killing us. Now, one of those plays by the defensive lineman by Mississippi state, he just reached his paw up there and just snagged that thing out of the air. That's, that's NFL highlight tape material. There's nothing you can do about that. But when he got pressured and he got his arm hit when he was trying to make a play to Ladd McConkey, uh, who was almost double, double covered, or I guess ended up since the ball floated off the pressure. Like you've got to take a sack in that situation. And we saw a little bit of this from Stetson Bennett last year when you had the battle between him and JT, but Stetson cleaned it up and had an amazing playoff run. So I'm hoping we get it cleaned up. But again, Georgia is the only person that can hurt Georgia right now. And I just don't want that to come back and bite us here in the near future. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, overall, like, pocket presence and pocket awareness is probably like a strength for Stetson. So, you know, I guess we, it's probably, it's a case by case basis on some of these mistakes, but I know overall the trend in my mind has been that Stetson has been overly aggressive when he's thrown some of the interceptions he has in the past where it's been like, okay, buddy's just trying to make a play. Granted, he wasn't seeing the field. He wasn't catching all the belief. I mean, you kind of be a major hypocrite to be like, Dude, like, you know, just just manage the game. Like, this is why they're not letting me on the field in the first place, because they don't believe I can do anything. So, absolutely, absolutely. So you kind of get in, a, in between a rock and a hard place there as a player if you're like, I don't want to overdo it, but at the same time, what I'm doing I'll get criticized for, yeah, nickel and dominant yeah, down the I'm field. Right. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think he's kind of past that phase. And like you said, speaking to the maturity, like – that kind of moves me into my mindset with Stetson now. And it's interesting because last year, Georgia had a historic team, uh, an epic, legendary defense. And it was almost like I, I was kind of pro Stetson overall just because I do like the mobility factor, but like totally understood why many and even myself at many times was, you know, volleying for JT. Definitely me. Yeah, you know, and that makes complete sense. And you kind of – you got to judge things in the context of where it was coming from. I mean, JT was like one of the prize recruits out of high school. We're kind of trained to look for that. You know, Stetson, a walk-on, you know, he's a baller. But, like, still, it makes – it all made sense. But in my mind last year, Georgia's team was so good that it was kind of like, man, if we win a championship, it'll be despite Stetson Bennett. It'll be – you know, I like the mailman, but – it's probably going to be despite the fact we got to walk in, despite the fact that this guy is kind of like overzealous sometimes and, you know, maybe trying too hard and being overly aggressive. Not that he would be the root cause or a lot of the reason we won, right, which he turned turned out to be. And he had some big plays in the national championship. Huge plays. Legendary plays, but, I mean, 
let's not forget he also like has he some, almost choked it away <laughs> yeah yeah almost like, choked it away like didn't just make a mistake he, the moment was almost too big for yeah let's, let's saying, remember that yeah hey i'm not saying it wouldn't be too big for me either i'm not making that kind of criticism but that level of play and just the level of confidence with stetson it's not that like oh i'm i think i'm something i got a chip on my shoulder confidence he had last year i'm more confident in stetson this year i should say that he's playing to me, he's not a liability. He's he's transitioned in, you know, if we're using the economic metaphors as an asset. Like, I don't think Georgia will win a national championship this year despite Stetson. I think they got a good shot of winning a national championship this year because of Stetson. Like, Absolutely. His, you know, his veteran presence and, like, what he's been able to do. And it's frustrating when he, you know, has two turnovers. But I'll, I'll at least take – to me, you, you kind of took away the, the defensive play. I thought – that's been a lot, you know, a weakness on Stetson's part. And if I'm watching film, I probably would have, you know, I'll be coaching my lineman up to try to bat balls down because that is sure. something with his height that he's kind of struggled with. But for sure, for me, sure. I guess you're getting hit, you, you throw an interception like that. I mean, I kind of gave that, you know, took that one off the board in my mind. But either way, Stetson's come a long way. And I, and I know if we're going to do what we want to do, we're going to need his best effort and we're not going to need any, uh, Chuck it football, like I can throw a ball over that mountain. Chuck like, it, chuck it football, <laughs> like Napoleon Dynamite style. Like, dude, please is just like all, all Better off this burger. Like, just just keep it. You know, like you you can. He's got big playability. I'm not saying, dude, you know, but all all that to say, it's just a fine line to walk. And right, and just hopefully just reduce the big playability for for the other team. Like that's what we're just tr- yeah. that's what we're trying to do. But listen, Stexon can be a, a bit of a mixed bag when he's sometimes he's turning the ball over. Sometimes he is juking defenders out their shoes on the goal line, bro. Wow. The way he the way he put himself in this, at this angle and then juked. And then set the defender up and juked him again. I, when I was watching it, I almost fell down. Like I almost fell down. I was like, oh my soul. Like that dude's soul. Like, oh, you know that dude's just getting roasted for that. But uh great game overall. Like, outside like, of- sorry, I just want to say he looks like to me, like like he looked like Lionel Messi playing quarterback. Bro, you know he's I mean? just, he's so he's uh, small uh, and he's got that kind of European flair. Uh, like, uh, bro, he roasted that man. I, I almost screamed out loud, bro. He, he took that man's soul. But uh dude, great, great game, minus the turnovers. Lad McConkey, McConkey style. Honestly, we might have to title this one McConkey style because this kid balled out. He had he had the uh what the end around play that we like to run to our receivers and tight ends, 70 plus yards, I think. And then another huge big catch. Uh, the kid is putting Murray County on chats for stand up, putting them on the map. Kiaris Jackson. We have not seen him have a big impactful game like this in quite some time. He's waited his turn. He has oh. dealt with injuries. He is one of the leaders of this team, especially of this wide receiver core. It was really good to see him make impactful plays. And how about that catch, bro? Let's yes, sir. Let's not, Let's like gloss over that. That was an epic, like top ten, top five yeah. catch of the year for Georgia, at least, yeah. if not like all of college football. He just yeah. straight up caught it over the dude's back. Like, yeah, was it was a bit of a back shoulder looking type thing too, which we haven't seen a lot of that since. Really, the you know George Pickens was like the guy doing it back in the day. But it was, it it was great from him. I hated to see the punt return for touchdown. And again, these some of these mistakes, some of these yeah. mistakes, like. Fortunately and unfortunately for us, like we're going to be able, I think, to scoot by 
Kentucky and Georgia Tech with these mistakes. But I hope I know Kirby is going to take the time to like, hey, we got to iron these out because while LSU is not the most threatening foe, we need to take them seriously. They've they've had our number uh, the past couple times that we've played them. And I want to say as far as the SEC championship goes, which we'll hop into the rankings and all that right now, we've actually lost the last three appearances that we've had. And everyone remembers Joe Burrow and company just serving us up. Now they're not there this year. Thank goodness. But when you take LSU seriously, because they are trending, remember they got a new head coach. They were not really good last year. They're trending up. So we need to catch them while they're still here. Cause we don't know where their trajectory, how quickly it's going to take them back to where they want to be. But as of Tuesday, the rankings have also been released for this week, and not much has changed in the top four. You have UGA at number one, Ohio State at number two, Michigan at number three, and those two are on a collision course, which will make it uh, obviously very interesting come towards the end of the year. I want to say November 26th. And then TCU at number four. A lot of Tennessee fans are upset, but as for, as of right now, TCU is – they don't play a bunch of cupcakes. They're they're winning who they play, and they're undefeated right now, and they've looked good doing it. So, Tennessee, you just got to you got to take your medicine right now. LSU number six, USC number seven. So, a lot of quality teams on the outside looking in. Keegan, what are your first uh, reactions off of this week's playoff rankings, or did you have any since it was mainly the same? Yeah, it, it was kind of uh, null and void as far as the reaction, other than the fact that like. You know, many teams have a path at this point in the season. So, like, it could be, you know, Tennessee sneaks in there, but they're going to need some help. It could be that, you know, TCU wins out. TCU, overall, I mean, yeah, they're they're play, they're winning a lot of these games close. So, there's that. But at the same time, the Big 12 is probably the better, maybe, uh, what's the word? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, not a better conference, but – Maybe they have less like parity. There aren't as many like Vanderbilts or like Missouri. right more quality teams across the board. Maybe yeah, maybe less top heavy, bigger. but not a lot less of bottom dwellers. Heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you. you know, it's a pretty good league. If they win a Big Twelve championship, they should be in the college. That's respect. League. That that's respect because you got to look at other teams like, and we've got our pick six coming later. But you know, Baylor. Texas, Oklahoma has struggled, but like there are some quality teams, Kansas, Kansas state. Like these are, these are teams that have not really been on the, and forgive me if I'm in the wrong conference. I think we're still in the same area, but these teams are, aren't always at the very, you know, ESPN's not reeling off their games first thing at six o'clock, but these Kansas and Kansas state have, I think them those two teams themselves has really given the conference a respectable you know, a respectable gauntlet, if you will, for the major teams over there. Which is probably huge for that conference, considering the fact that Oklahoma and Texas are, are you know, dipping. Our, exactly. Are, are coming our ways in the SEC. So they probably need some programs to step it up. And, I, you know, I guess you're kind of seeing that. And maybe who knows who, have, who else. Uh, I guess, you know, maybe now it's TCU. They haven't really been shit since Gary Patterson, but mm. they're back in it. So we'll see. I mean, I know TCU has a good fan base. I I like the colors. I like the Horn Frogs. But Damian Tomlinson was always like one of my favorite players to play with oh, back in the day. Absolutely, big TCU guy. So like, I, I get you know they're not like just scrubs on the college football scene. So if they hey if they're winning, they're you know what it, it, it to my horny, to horny my frogs. Yeah, like they're not the horny just, frogs. The super frogs. Exactly the horny. <laughs> They're not a brand liability. I know, like to no, not at all. To some extent, but that that at the same time, USC, 
the brand that they'd probably want. That's what I want. Yeah, that's what I want. You got Lincoln Riley, you know, uh, young, like, on-fire coach with his, like, last little bit of success. Just a tough road for them. If they they went out, I guarantee guarantee you they get in there because that UCLA, Notre Dame, and then the conference championship – Especially because you know Michigan or Ohio State, like gonna, if team exactly. did win out, they're, they're like maybe you know in a world where uh, Michigan beats Ohio State by three points or something, uh, and it's just like the game of the century, right? Know, Michigan would have to jump, and then Ohio State may hold on to number four in some in some weird way. Exactly, and I, and I could see that potentially playing out, but definitely not if TCU or USC do their thing and Tennessee absolutely. is open everybody looks shitty you know probably. absolutely absolutely and and you know while we're on these teams because these are real realistic teams that are vying for this number four spot or number three granted it works out but I wanted to ask because I hear these conversations going around and I love this barbershop talk and I think we should even put it as one of the poll questions for the podcast but Keegan I'll ask it to you here directly would you rather just the SEC championship game and I I'm not dumb. I know Tennessee can't go. We can't play them since we're in the same division. It's us or them. But if you had to pick between Alabama, Tennessee, and LSU, who would you go with as the opponent that you would rather play? Now, let me give you just a couple of caveats as far as like the stats go, offensively and defensively, at least for Tennessee and LSU. Bama is not even in the top ranks right now in some of these. But the University of Tennessee is number one in offense, scoring offense, number 37 in scoring defense as it stands today. LSU, the number 38 scoring offense, but the number 28 scoring defense, which I was surprised. And then UGA sitting number six offense, number two defensively. If that sways your decision or if you already had your mind met up, who would you pick? Or you can give me like a, a start sit bench if you want to. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, well, or start bench cut. Yeah. Okay, I can take this one of two ways. I can take it the way for glory, or I can take it the way for victory. So if I'm going victory, I'm going LSU because overall they just haven't shown to be at as high of a level team. Intensely beat them. So yes. Yeah. The <laughs> there you go. But at the same time, I kind of want to beat. I could definitely go – Just it's always just nice to beat Nick Saban. We already played Tennessee. Obviously, if they – you know, in some situation we're in the West and they made it in there, they were just the game we had to get through. Playing them again doesn't really bug me. I mean – They had their chance. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like So, and I, I just wouldn't – it's it's not that I don't have confidence that we could beat Tennessee. It's not that I don't think that Tennessee could fuck around and beat Georgia. I think there's but, some merit to their their – it was it was bad weather conditions and it was crowd noise, but that's that's how it goes. But yeah, they're a dangerous team. Don't, make no mistake about it. But at the same time, it's just like I don't want to. We already beat them. Like, we, already that's them. that's facts. I mean, we beat them. Like they can would, cry rather, all they want to. Like, I would rather beat another team this year that we haven't played. We owe LSU too, to be honest. To be honest, we we owe them. It's when you beat someone like in two K. And they're like, bro, rematch. Like, who are you really doing that for? Right. Like, what's this even about? Give me a chance to get my money back. You know what I mean? Like, stop. My, my pride. My pride. Yeah, stop like, it. Yeah. You, stop. Curry. you was talking, you was talking all that. You was talking loud before we now you want, oh, give me another chance. I bet you can again. Like, oh, <laughs> like, how convenient. Yeah, how like, convenient. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I just 
I mean, I, who knows? We may play uh, two out of three of those teams moving forward again, uh, including with Tennessee. But I just see LSU just being a better matchup for us, and I'm going to go that way overall. Don't really care to see Tennessee. The only thing about Bama that would interest me is just the whole like Nick Saban thing. But honestly, like I don't want to see, I don't want to see a goat die on the throne. Like I ain't trying to, I ain't trying to see like a great go down like that. Like overall, I give enough respect to Bama to where it's like if it, if it's if it's Georgia on top, I don't want it to be because you know Bama's on the way out and they're, you know, uh, a wounded animal that we're just taking care of. I want it to be because Georgia's just killing it. So right, right, right. Look, look forward to seeing them again, like in the future when they're actually back on at their status. What do you? What about you, bro? Like to be you, to be to to speak on your point right there. I want to do a little homework, like as as we're watching kind of what looks like the end of the Alabama dynasty. And just for now, never count Nick Saban out. Like no one wants to see a goat go down, but all Georgia fans want to be the one who take the crown from Alabama and Nick Saban. Honestly, to sit there and be like Lady Olena and Game of Thrones. And just, <laughs> I want you to tell Cersei it was me. You tell <laughs> you tell Cersei it was me and drink the poison real quick. Like that's what Georgia fans were. They have just robbed us of so much. So I'm sorry if that's a little petty, but that's what it is. And I know Dog, Dog Nation right there with me. Just I just watched it go down. It's funny though that like all these like programs like every year you got some programs slipping and you got some programs stepping up for sure. And out of all the you know Tennessee up. LSU up, Arkansas back a step, yeah. Kentucky back a step. Yeah, it's hard to sustain that. It is so. Out of just out of curiosity, since we're barbershop talking here, Tennessee LSU, which program is going to be here to stay next year? Next year, <clears throat> Tennessee is going to take a step back because you lose Cedric Tillman, you lose Hendon Hooker, and their whole program right now is that offensive production. They're they're having a LSU ish type of surge right now they had the perfect storm all the things they just didn't you know get didn't get it done in the same way but that's what they're doing right now lsu is climbing the mountain and they have two losses mind you so maybe next year they have just one loss i think lsu is on the upward trajectory tennessee fans have to admit they're going to take a step back they do have that five-star quarterback recruit coming up in a couple years but it's going to be a little bit of gap whereas kirby has sustained this sec east dominance sec dominance we have won the SEC East now five out of six, five out of six seasons. And I don't think that has been done since uh, Spurrier was at Florida from 92 to 96. And we all remember how dope those Florida teams, those Florida offenses, those Florida defenses were. They were no joke. And Kirby has put himself in rarefied air joining that type of club. And I think Alabama had a pretty, obviously a pretty significant run in the West as well. So we are, what Kirby has done, the consistent, the consistent excellence is scary. And you are one of the few people that called that this has the potential to be a dynasty, right? We talked about how young this team is. If we win this, we, there's a very real possibility that we win undefeated this year, undefeated this year. It's not Alabama. It's LSU. We can do that. Go undefeated. And next year's team, next year team is going to be better all of these sophomores that are contributing in a huge way this year are going to be so ready to go to the NFL. It's going to be nuts. I think if the QB position, Q, 
can be as close to what Stetson's doing now or maintain or improve, then uh, even like a, a step back, I think I think we will be a better team overall still. A lot know? of people think Carson Beck is he's looking about ready. A lot of people I, I, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't want to crown him nothing, but like, like like what we've seen, in the oven. you know, you, yeah. it, you better get, get ready. This is getting brown. You're like, Ooh. this this slices for the rest of the SEC East. Oh, if he same. comes out, I'm telling you. I think a big thing that we maybe, maybe like sports media, which I guess you'd include us in at this point, is like talk. This lacks maybe talking about is this like windows of time. For me, if I'm a Tennessee fan, I'm I, I really, of course, you want to get in the playoffs, but I really, really, really want to get in the playoffs because like. Yeah, Josh Heifel's probably got this program in the right direction. Maybe I'll pick up some transfers. Maybe they're developing. Now that could happen, yeah. If everything's going right for y'all, you still might take a step back next year. Yes. You know what I mean? Realistically, that's just what it is. That's just what it is. And, like, what if what if y'all were doing this good this year, y'all beat Georgia, and then what if, like, like just playing with the, the time machine here, Joe Burrow's 2019 team or whatever year that was is here. Now all mm-hmm. of a sudden mm-hmm. – you're not – I don't think y'all outdo that LSU team. So, it's just like you don't know, like, year to year. Like, for me, if I'm a Bama fan, I'm like, dang, like, we had the two best players, arguably, going into this season. Offense and defense, and you got two losses on the season. And you got a great team and a great – You got a good a team. Of, a lot of setups, but y'all's, y'all's, like, schedule just wasn't right for y'all. It was a tough schedule. I remember looking at that before I thought Bama you was said that, imposter. yeah. You said that up, they were going to struggle on the road in those games. You you really called a lot of the things that we're seeing now really spot on, maybe even more than you honestly thought at the time. But, like, yeah, yeah. for real. Yeah, but, but the thing is, is, like, it's because I'm looking at just, like, okay, the, who they're playing. Like, Ole Miss did well this year, but, they're you know, they got a surge of transfers in. Like, you just kind of look at how the roster moves and you just kind of speculate on that. And that's where I kind of look at this window for Georgia being extremely nice because, yeah, the team is super young. The, this is my kicker for the for the window. We got to me. I think it's this year, the next year. That's a that's our good. That's a really good window still going on, including last year. So that's like a three year window where we for were sure. really contenders. But if we can like finish this recruiting class strong now, and dude, what a what Samuel a good Pimba time. boy, bro. There's a handful of five stars that we could get, and 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 by the way, those guys could go to Florida or Tennessee. Those programs are searching, so it's even more important because both of those programs are like right now. You know, give it what you want to give it. They're top fifteen recruiting programs this in this off season, and what better time for Georgia in the NIL era where we really do, you know, you can you can talk about the state of the program today, but. You know, you're really going against some fan bases. Tennessee and LSU probably have as epic, if not more, fan bases overall in certain respect. I mean, I hate to say that, but you know, they got no. It is yeah. It's titles. No, no shame they're, in that. Some of the universities are actually larger. There's even more people, uh, less to do in Tennessee. You know what I mean? Probably more football fans. Like there's, they have some benefits set up in their programs to where those are really good jobs. And what a great time for Georgia to be the, you know, the reigning number one basically right. of the season, the the returning champ. And, and that's what we, I want to point out with the recruits. These recruits, yeah. think about the age of these recruits, like when they really started. You remember like when you're you're about to get to high school, you're about to go play for the high school. You know, I want to make varsity, all these things like at the end of middle school. Right. Think about the age that these kids were when they started really caring about college and NFL football. 
especially college, what team has been dominating since they really cared about football? It has been the tail end of Alabama and the University of Georgia has been right there. They've seen the ascension. They've seen the climb to the mountaintop. And here we are about to go on this plateau, hopefully. Um, So a lot of these recruits, Georgia dominance is what they know. And that's going to bode well. They see, they see the players in the NFL. They see, they see Kirby. They see games after like uh, Tennessee where players are just like, thanks for believing in me. The, the relationships, the, the coaches here, the award list that we need to go through next. Like the university of Georgia is when we started this again, it was about the glory days. This is as good as it gets as far as like winning, contending again year and year year in and year out and the awards that we're about to at least we're semi-finalists it, it's nuts right now and these recruits see it and i think that's gonna say a lot with this class and classes to come hey and if we finish like i mean we're already like cumulative number two we're top like three or four in a lot of these rankings but if we can finish even stronger i'm not saying it's all about getting number one but if we if we can get like half of the five stars that are really on our list dude to me that window for champion like true championship contending extends extends you got, bro you got a couple more years so y'all oh, yeah. I mean, and then it's next year which already looks nasty so it's just like it's about those windows like okay texas a&m they're like not i think they're like 22 23 like ranked recruiting class now they've fallen majorly back so if everyone stays from this first recruiting class and they develop that talent they really have probably about a two-year window where that just on paper you just know, on paper right it's on paper you'd be like yeah this is a team that could really contend so um to me that's just something to consider and i just feel good about that so i'm like I, i'm looking at the recruiting more than anything just for that no, before, and that's, like, can, can that's we what open? matters in college that's yeah. what matters in college we do have the transfer portal now so that changes some things but as you've seen, Georgia, whether we get transfers or not, we have players transfer out who go and struggle at other programs. He who shall not be named. We sometimes stay out of the portal. Sometimes we go get a big fish and sometimes they don't even play because the people we have here play in front of them. That just says a whole lot about a program and just something to emphasize this. Let's look at the awards, the award list that are currently as they stand, the semifinalist. A lot of these were preseasons who are still here, but when you're a semifinalist for some of these awards, you are doing something right. And I would be uh, remiss if I did not start with Chris Smith, one of the DBs who has been in this program the longest, same as Stetson, same as Kiaris Jackson. He has waited his turn, made play after play after play, starting with Clemson last year. He is a semifinalist for the Bronco Nagurski Award which is for the best defender in college football. I want to say, didn't Boykin win that way back in the day? Am I, you remember if Boykin won that? He did win an award. I don't remember if it was that award or not. Somebody, somebody check me on that. I want to say it was maybe Boykin who won that one. And then the uh, Jim Thorpe award, both of those awards, best DB and best defender. His play says it all. He's been the glue back there in the backfield, especially with the youth that we have back there with Kamari Lasseter, that Malachi Starks, the freshman, Tyke Smith's finally starting to see some play. Dan Jackson's out. Um, and uh, Javon Bullard, who is coming off injury, but has been great this season. Chris Smith has been um, just a revelation for us back there. And then Jalen Carter needs no introduction. We, we talked about this kid when he was getting recruited. I, you're not going to see a whole lot of D tackles out here windmill 360 and like zion williamson in high school on a basketball court 
Jalen Carter is Aaron Donald Jr. In, in my estimation. That's the potential this guy has. And I know that's high praise, but like, bear with me here. He's he's a semifinalist for the Outland Trophy Award, already projected to go number one, same way that uh, um, Walker did for us last year. Kid's going to have a great career if he can stay healthy. And he hasn't been super healthy this year. Think about his numbers impact if he was. And then the O-line. O-line has been the best unit outside of the secondary that this team has had. Jim Moore Award semifinalist, uh, award for the best O-line, tough, physical, all those attributes. The depth that we have on this offensive line is crazy. Young depth. Uh, Amarius Mims, Broderick Jones, some of these younger guys. Uh, we're going to lose a couple to the NFL, but we're going to be good. Cedric Van, Van Pran, it's, it's, it's been elite and a great job by uh, Stacey Sorrells with the O-line. Todd Munkin also needs no introduction. Broyles Award finalist. Offense has been putting up 40 points per game. You heard the yards. We're top six in offensive categories. Third down efficiency. Uh, touchdowns are up there. Offensive rushing touchdowns. Second in the SEC, I believe. Uh, Stetson Bennett. In his up-and-down season, he's kind of off of the Heisman watch now, but Walter Camp, Johnny Unitas, Davey O'Brien, award semifinalist, Brock Bowers, Maxwell, Walter Camp. the To be number one, to win the SEC East again, going for the SEC, to be putting this talent in the NFL year after year after year, the best assistants, developed players, best players also getting developed. This this program is just it's, – it's off the leash right now. It's just, it's just nuts, like how – productive and like how much good football is taking place in Athens, Georgia right now. It's, it's beyond me and we're not going to stop. It's not going to stop. Yeah, man. I, I really enjoy hearing all those guys that we uh, could, could put some trophies in the trophy case. And honestly, Chris Smith is going to make a lot of NFL money. And I think, I mean, I think Jalen Carter is like a top 10 draft pick, if not a top five. So we'll see about that, but yeah. Just impressive overall and just hats off to what Kirby has built. And what and Mark Rick handed him, by the way. Like for I, sure, for I, sure. And I, I thought about that. Like, Mark Rick, really, he, he was a good recruiter, and he had some, you know, high-level years where he did really, really well. But, like, he, his best recruiting was at the tail end of his tenure, which was kind of, like, sure. bittersweet for me as a fan. But, I mean, it, it set Kirby up, and it – you know, made made him a year two national championship contender. So it was pretty badass. Yeah, Kirby Kirby ran with it. And the thing about all these awards, these are individual awards. Kirby, Kirby's gonna have all these guys humble and understanding that it's week to week. You you come after a win, you get back in the building, you go to work. Uh, so you don't have a disappointing the way that Kentucky has. Kentucky was gonna be one of those teams that was really gonna battle for honestly number two in the SEC East. Tennessee has stepped forward. Florida's Stayed pat, I would say, and then Kentucky's taking a step, taking a step backwards, six and four, with their recent loss being at home to Vanderbilt. That, that even sounds wrong coming out of my mouth, to be honest. But it happened. But to be honest, this is a physical team. Everybody at UGA knows how physical these games with Kentucky are, home or away. They have been um, just really freezing games, just bash your head in type defense, running offense. Not a not a whole lot of explosiveness in the passing game but uh expect them to come out and give us their best will levis chris rodriguez and uh, the stout defense and they're a well-coached team i expect them to give it their all especially at home on what's supposed to be sub freezing temperatures yeah and you know a lot of people going into the season had kentucky vying for that number two spot in sec east so i mean i think they just kind of fell off and you know games have not gone their way i don't know 
the underlying story other than they just, they just haven't played that great of football. But that, to say that, there's a reason that they were, you know, given that uh, analysis or that prediction at the beginning of the season is because they do have some studs on their team. Will Levis is supposed to, you know, he, I think he's a little bit overhyped, but, hey, you know, I don't want to be the one that's uh, saying that and then him come out and bust our, bust right. our defense. Ass, <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll see. You know, give give them the respect they're due. Like overall, talking next year, they might really be the team that's you know is number two in the East because I think Mark Stoops has done a good job building that program up, and that that overall that speaks for the longevity. So it's, we're going to be in for a, a dogfight. You know, it could be. Uh, hopefully, it's not a four quarter game, but you know, you're playing in the in the cold conditions. You're playing a Kentucky team that for the last few years has been the toughest physical game. Their defense is serious. So, yeah, I mean, something to that. Overall, I think it'll just be an interesting game to watch. It's not one just to gloss over. And uh, No, not nothing to gloss over. Just be mindful of defense. Twenty Only giving up 20 points per game, 21st, 17th in yards allowed. And they're, honestly, the reason I'm confident in this game is that their turnover margin is negative four. Um, not very many teams in the league, especially in the SEC, is worse than us. Kentucky is. So maybe that's a lot of their problem because that's the one that we're trying to get fixed. So an issue that they probably have as well. But um, you want to give me a quick score prediction and then pick six real quick, Keeks? Yeah, dog. I think I think Georgia comes out of this uh, 38 to 7. Dang, bro. Honestly, yeah, I was kind of uh, – I was going to do the okay. same. Give me give me 35-3. Give me 35-3. I'm I'm, we're going to keep it low. It's going to be cold. We're going to run the ball. But, um, yeah, let's hit these pick sixes real quick. All right. We got, man, USC visiting UCLA. If they can win out – they're gonna take it. UCLA looked good early, but man, I got I like USC at least winning this one. What do you think? I like USC making the top four, so I need them to have this one. And I I don't like the matchup, but give it to give it to the Trojans for sure. All right, number ten Utah traveling to number twelve Oregon. Oregon's kind of taking a step back. They were in the conversation. They're not. Dan Lanning is he gonna you know finish the season strong, or is Utah gonna be what we thought they were going in when Florida beat them? Yeah, I'm I'm looking at Oregon, watching some Florida tape and getting right offensively, defensively, letting the linebackers eat. Give me Oregon. Okay, I I, I kind of like Utah just because of you know what they were supposed to be going into the season. Hopefully, I kind of am a Utah fan. I don't know. I I guess I could cheer for either team, but I like Utah in this one. Who who else you got, bro? I like I like NC State uh, at Louisville, number twenty four team. I just like them getting the win there, no particular reason. And I got TCU over Baylor as well at Baylor. And then I have Michigan at Illinois, even though Illinois has been a good team. And, and then we need one more for the pick. So pick six. So I would say Virginia Tech is traveling to play Hugh Freeze's Liberty. Uh, they just they knocked off Arkansas, but then they messed around and lost to UConn last week. So let me see Liberty doing some impressive things again, beating the uh, Virginia Tech team. We're we're gonna go six and zero one of these times. We're gonna we're gonna give it a shot. But uh, Georgia fans, enjoy the game this weekend. Thanksgiving coming up. Be uh, be appreciative of all you got, and be appreciative of this dog season this year. Keegan, always appreciate you. Dog Nation, always love, and you know what it is. Off the leash. I do it for the dogs. <laughs>